Welcome to the new to crypto podcast designed to guide you through the crypto landscape with pinpoint accuracy created for the new and intermediate crypto investor. Join your host crypto travels Michael as he takes you through the different facets of getting started and succeeding in your crypto journey. New to Crypto Podcast brings you new episodes daily, Monday through Friday, with surprise bonus episodes sometimes on the weekend. Let me ask you, are you new to crypto? Don't know where to start? Are you more experienced but have questions? Then you're in the right place. This podcast is designed for you. Coming at you from the Trading Center in the Lifestyle Design Studio, here's your host, Crypto Travels Michael. Hey, welcome to today's podcast. I'm excited about today's show. I have a, a legend, somebody who's an original person that got into Bitcoin and crypto in 2010. And I, I'm really excited about this chat and this interview today. He's the founder of Voltoro, which is where you can store your gold and silver bars securely in Switzerland. And he is also the founder of what's called The Standard, which we're going to talk all about today. And it basically involves receiving loans or leveraging uh, off of your own assets. So please welcome Josh Shigala to the show. Josh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Hey, thank you very much, Michael. It's an absolute pleasure to be on the show. Hey, man, before we dive in, can you just share with our listeners around the world just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so <laughs> it was actually I, I have always been really fascinated by alternative economies. And um, I started the world's first swap site where people would swap clothes and stuff instead of buying and selling because I was interested in, you know, building up alternative economies, especially after um, after 9-11 happened. And I, I sort of deep dove that and realized, you know, follow the money and all sort of weird and sketchy. And I was like, hey, let, let's let's try to build an alternative economy, you know, after you sort of find out about central banking and all that stuff. And, um, and so I did that. And after a while, I realized that swapping is just a terrible way of doing anything. Because if I really love your shirt and you look through all my stuff and you go, oh, I don't like anything this guy has, then that deal falls through when, when, you know, it's beautiful if I could then give you a token and you've got the rest of the marketplace to, of course, you know, get something. Um, and then, you know, and then I started thinking, oh, okay, how can I build a token? But I don't want to be a central bank because I'm just reinventing the, the same old crap. And um, so I started looking and I found what the, cyph the cypherpunks were trying to do on their mailing list. And, you know, it wasn't really there. Well, it wasn't there at all. And um, and I just figured it's an unsolvable problem, the, the double spend problem. And so, but I kept my ear to the railway, so to speak, um, and, and sort of kept an eye on what people were doing in terms of digital currency. And in 2010, um, Satoshi's paper came across my, my desk and I, I just loved it. I just thought, wow, you know, um, she's she's done it. <laughs> she's solved the, uh, the, the problem. And, and so... So then I uh, uh, basically fell in love with with the protocol and uh, have, uh, you know videos of me in 2011 telling people it's not a scam, it's not a tulip bubble, you know all of the stuff uh, which is actually the same thing we're still saying nowadays, <laughs> less less uh, of sorts uh, in a way because you know people understand now what a rare number is and how it works. But uh, yeah, so that that's how I found found Bitcoin and. Uh, 
Yeah, and of course, in, in uh, I think it was, what, was it 2014, uh, I lost a lot of money in the first Bitcoin exchange collapse, uh, which was Mt. Gox. And um, and so I I thought, you know, this was a string of, of hacks and stuff that was happening at the time. And I thought, man, we're, we're sitting on a revolution of money and, and financing and global banking. And, and these idiots are reigning on a parade so grand that they don't even understand that for the, for a little bit of gain, you know? So I, I set out with my, my brother and, and built, wanted to build actually a decentralized exchange. And, um, the trouble was, uh, Ethereum didn't exist then. And I, the opera turn codes, which is the programming language behind Bitcoin really wasn't, it, well, it didn't have the ability to create what we wanted to create. So instead we focused on transparency using the blockchain. And instead of dealing with fiat, because all the exchanges still now only deal with Bitcoin and fiat, or some do Bitcoin and crypto and other crypto and stuff, but um, generally it was just fiat and there was no real stable coins back then. And that people were getting their bank accounts shut down all the time just for touching crypto, you know. And, um, and so we wanted to basically say, hey, we got into Bitcoin to get away from banks, yet we're pricing everything in fiat. Uh, let's build the first exchange that deals in allocated physical bullion gold. So Bitcoin is now priced in grams of gold. And uh, we launched that in 2015 and um, and we're still going strong nowadays. It's called Voltoro.com, V-A-U-L-T-O-R-O.com. And yeah, it allows people to uh, to basically trade between when Bitcoin's high, they buy physical allocated gold sitting in Switzerland, high security vaulting facility and fully insured and audited. And uh, it's their gold. So if anything happens to us as an exchange, it doesn't matter because it's an allocated product. Uh, it's very, very different to a bank, which when you put money in a bank, it's not your money anymore. It's their money. And if they go broke, well, pff, they're insured, maybe, depending on what country you're in. Um, but they're only insured to, like in America, 250K, in uh, Europe, 100K. So it's, uh, whereas gold can be insured to however much you've got because it's a physical good. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so we don't. Wow. Yeah. Long story. What, so many, so many gold nuggets there. You know, I mean, I, I did see that video of you on YouTube in 2011. You know, talking talking about about Bitcoin, and uh, I can't imagine what that would have been like back then to talk. You know, to proclaim to the world about Bitcoin. Uh-huh. And of course, we all know where it's come now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, th- thanks for that intro about Voltoro. Before we dive into, I actually have some more questions about since you were one of the originals. In. Uh, I have some a lot more questions about Go that. But can you share for our listeners just a little bit about like the standard and and what that is since you touched on Voltoro? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, in 2019, I was asked to give a talk at LeBitConf, uh, which is the Latin American Bitcoin conference. And on the way there, I read uh, the white paper of Terra Luna, which had just launched. And Okay, and I was sitting there thinking, this is just shocking. This is an, and and this is you know for those that don't know, Terra Luna isn't original. Like there's been a lot of algorithmic, purely algorithmic stablecoins before then that were trying to solve this issue of not backing anything by but you know by uh, by any code or just backing it by code basically. And um and I got I got in and just thought this is this is shocking. I'm going to have to talk about this. So I got up on stage uh, along with Neville from Reserve, and we we basically tore it apart um, uh, in a panel and said, "This is gonna. Th- there's going to be a s- algorithmic stablecoin that's going to get absolutely massive, 
and then absolutely just get, you know, destroyed. And everyone is going to lose their shirts. And then we're going to have the government stepping in with super uh, with superhero costumes on saying, we need to regulate the space and basically create new moats uh, where the legacy banking system can say, look, we're so trustworthy, we should be doing this instead of, and, and, and because Terra Luna wasn't the first, there was, you know, waves, there was uh, bit shares from Dan Larimer, there, there was a whole bunch of things that were, that came along before it that also failed. So this wasn't the first. And so I came back from there thinking, I think we've got to start the ultimate stablecoin protocol that's fully backed by rare numbers and rare metals. Um, and we we took a lot of inspiration from MakerDAI, where you would lock up assets and borrow against them. And this works very similar to central banking, where um, where they would give uh, interest rates either up or down to stabilize the currency. So Maker has DAI, which is pegged to the USD. Um, and if the DAI falls below the one dollar then they'll, they'll lift interest rates, basically, on everybody that's borrowed die from, from themselves. <laughs> I th I'm going a bit deep here, but, but nevertheless, it's, it's a fully collateralized stablecoin, uh, which has got more assets backing it than, uh, than stablecoins floating around. So there's more Bitcoin, more Ethereum, actual physical gold, and, and some stuff like this mm. backing it. And it's issued by people borrowing money from themselves. And we can dig a bit deeper into that later on. But really, it was about build, finding a solution that was truly transparent, um, but also scalable, uh, while having um, an ability to have base money without interest as well, which was key. Um, so I wanted to find a pegging mechanism that didn't uh, have interest at the, at the base level of money, which I, I find it's a little bit, it just doesn't sit right. And, uh, and yeah, so that's why we created the standard. The standard, of course, comes from the gold standard. And it was one of those sort of ethos is like, we don't need to wait for a government to create a new gold standard for all those gold bugs or Bitcoin is that like, you know, we just don't need to beg the state for a gold standard. We can now have a voluntary one by locking up assets into a smart contract and then borrowing against those assets um, and, and having the value of the borrowed assets really backed by what you've locked in the smart vault. Hmm. I love it. I love it. I actually have a background in precious metals industry. So yeah, you're, we're, we're speaking the same language right here. Josh, before we get into some more details with the standard, you had mentioned that like uh, the, the Bitcoin white paper came across your desk in like 2010. Okay. It did not come across my desk. So can you give us a little more of that origin story? Because I didn't hear about it for years later. Um, but yeah, give us some uh, some more gold nuggets as to yeah. you know you got in in the beginning. Well, you know, like in the beginning, it's very very like original Bitcoin QT, which it was called, the software was called before it was called Bitcoin Core. Um, it was very very clunky and crappy, and you told anyone about it, they they just didn't understand because there wasn't this zeitgeist of general understanding. Um, at that stage. So you would tell anyone and they go scam because you, you're talking about fundamentally like money fundamentally. And you're now saying it's created out of thin air. So, but it's not like created out of thin air, like fiat. So gold bugs were like, nah, it's created out of thin air. And, and normal people were like, what? I, 
I'm fine with my money. There's no inflation. Um, I'm, you know, yeah, we had 2008, you know, um, it's, uh, it's horrible and, um, and stuff, but, uh, they're regulating the banks now. And, um, and why would I trust some anonymous guy? And, and you got to remember back then, um, the only use case was buying drugs on, on dark markets and the media really grabbed onto that. It's that story because it's a hot headline, right? Like, wow, new like drug marketplaces and, and stuff like this. And, and, uh, and then, uh, WikiLeaks, uh, got banned and, and PayPal blocked them and Visa blocked them. And, and basically they got annexed away. And the only way to get funds was to accept Bitcoin. And Satoshi Nakamoto at the time was like, no, no, don't do it. And we were like, nah, screw that. You can't, you know, this is, this is an open source thing. We, this is important. And, um, and so we, we, we just went ahead and did it. He thought, or she, or they thought it was basically too early and it would, you know, bring the eye of Soren onto this protocol. Um, but, uh, so it was very, very difficult in those early days to, to, to basically convince anybody that this is a good thing. And so even if the white paper came across your table, it's, it's very unlikely, unless you had a backstory of an interest in digital currency that you would have even taken notice of it. No, not, not you, maybe you would have, but the general people generally just sort of went uh, weird. Um, it was, it was originally like what, just developers, small community, like it, were you actively in like developer community or, or alternative money ideas at the time? Like how, how did you get exposed to it in the, in the beginning? Yeah, it was basically through swap style, which was this swapping platform. And like I mentioned, I, I just realized that swapping just wasn't doing it. There was a lot of deals falling through. Um, and it was big, and there was this whole community. And I was thinking, if there was a credit system that what, that I wasn't issuing because I didn't want to, as the website owner, say, "Oh, now here I have a hundred thousand credits that float around," because now, like, how do I? And I need to like figure out how many credits to mint, and then I get inflation, and then, and and at the time as well, it's um, you know we had like Liberty Reserve and other people trying to make their own money, and they basically would get taken to jail and get shut down because, you know, money laundering was the big excuse, but actually the state just doesn't like competition and private money. They don't like it. And that's why Satoshi was anonymous. He didn't want um, to take on the, the global central banking, the IMF, the, the governments, the, you know, these are all big players that the, the oil industry even, you know, because of the petrodollar, right? So, so it, it, it it's a, uh, it was a it was a very it was a very different time to now and because bitcoin is you just can't shut it down they've just had to deal with it and now people are more comfortable with saying hey i've now launched a coin <laughs> and it seems normal now but it's a very very different time yeah hmm and you've got to see it evolve over all these years you know from from the beginning to you know i mean we're seeing major global brands now you know talk about it we're seeing it taught in Ivy League universities around the world, you know, it's in supply chain. I mean, if if it's not Bitcoin, it's definitely blockchain and crypto and it's next gen, you know, but you've got to see Web3, you know, uh, there's Web4 coming, by the way, and uh, we'll, we'll share some of that next year with you all. Um, yeah, some phenomenal things. So share with our listeners, you, you just touched on Vault Toro, right? Okay, so let's say I want to buy gold bars and, and store it. And, 
you can offer that to me in, with Voltoro, right? Yeah, that's right. So we, okay. the, the, main, the main problem we were solving there at the time was tr a transparency. Um, the exchanges just were not transparent. So we invented a transparency protocol called the glass books protocol. And this was basically a way for anybody to audit us without us knowing that they're doing it. Um, Peter Todd and Gregory Maxwell, who um, were some of the original cypherpunks, they, they did develop, um, uh, Peter Todd's a crazy guy, by the way, he, he was, uh, he was like 14 when, when he was in the cypherpunks mailing list talk, you know, trying to solve the double spend problem. <laughs> like, like, you know, we got some crazy like peeps in this, in this industry, um, crazy smart people. Uh, anyway, um, so they, 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 tr they built a transparency protocol called, um, oh, I forgot what it's called, but basically it's, it's very complex. Like it's easy actually for the user because all it does is, is check what's, what's called a, um, a Merkle tree and it sort of hashes a whole bunch of stuff together and, and just gives you a green tick at the end. But for me, it wasn't really grandma friendly. You kind of, if you didn't understand what was going on, you didn't know how to verify it. You just saw a green tick and went, mm, what does that mean? So I, I really wanted to build a system of transparency that you could. So what we did is we, um, we gave every user an anonymous ID that only they knew and we knew as well, because we would issue it. And, um, and then we would tell the user, look, you can log out of the system. So we don't know that you're checking and we publish on a, on a public site, every anonymous ID and how much gold and how much Bitcoin they've got. And then they can sum up, um, they can first check their ID if that's, if that's right. Like, oh yeah, that's, that's how much gold I've got. Um, and we don't know that they're checking, so we've got to keep it there. And then they can sum up all the gold and then they can compare that to the gold voting facility um, paperwork, the insurance paperwork, the auditing paperwork, and make sure that, that that's all above board. And, and was out. And then on the Bitcoin side, you could check against the blockchain, right? You could add up everybody's Bitcoin holdings, check the public addresses and see, ah, oh, that's how much Bitcoin there is. And, and, um, and so that that's part of it. But the other part of it was that when Mt. Gox went down, which was the very first Bitcoin exchange, um, people lost a lot of fiat as well in that. And um, because of that whole thing where it's, it's not your money anymore, you've put it in a bank, it's their money. And not only that, it's actually not even Mt. Gox's money, it's the bank's money. So either the bank could go broke, so there's a counterparty there, uh, which we saw in 2008, um, or uh, Mt. Gox could go broke. So you've got these two counterparty risks. And so we thought, why not just allow people to trade to physical gold that's in their name as their legal property, fully insured, fully audited, and get then then be able to sell that gold back to Bitcoin at any time using an order book. And that's that's really what we built. So it sort of allowed people to get sort of get out of the banking system because that was kind of the goal of Bitcoin, um, but still have that that beautiful rare metals and rare numbers working together. And this is why I never got, I never understood this whole Peter Schiff uh, point of view of like Bitcoin, ah, you know, it's terrible. And and then even like um, Barry Silbert uh, saying that, you know, drop gold, uh, it's it, it's old. It's, you know, this sort of war against Bitcoin and gold seems to me really superfluous rather than saying we should work together and drop fiat. You know, that's, that's what we should be doing. 
and and this is the old the, the old guard sort of you know uh, libertarian um, anarcho-capitalist sort of philosoph philosophical stuff going on here. But um, but really that that was the that was the the goal, and we sort of strayed away from that, and that's really what Voltorio tried to solve. Fantastic, fantastic. So how does the standard work and like how is it pegged to the euro or any other fiat currency for that matter and then ultimately how does it tie into what you have going at voltoro yeah sure so what what we wanted to do was we wanted to look at basically four different uh vantage points for the standard the standard had to be o provably over collateralized in in the fact that there's more value locked up than there is stable coins floating around. So it couldn't go to zero like, um, like Terra Luna. Um, and then the second one was we want to, uh, we, we don't want interest, um, pegging the system and, uh, and we don't want, um, uh, and we want to peg, uh, to as many fiat currencies as possible. So we don't just want to be USD based. Um, and and it, it uh, there's a couple of other things like cross-chain minting and stopping people getting liquidated and stuff like that which i can go to as well but but they were the key ones and so what we thought was okay um we want basically what we'll start to do is we'll have like an initial bonding curve offering <laughs> sounds like a complex name but basically what it is is it allows people to send Ethereum or Bitcoin or USDC and USDT and stuff like that into a smart contract, trustless, and and the more people and then say let's let's say they put eighty five dollars uh, worth into the smart contract, they would get a hundred euros worth out. So you know, euro and dollar are kind of uh, one to one at the moment. So. So it's a it's like a discount curve offering, and what what would happen? The more vol volume that went into the smart contract, the less uh, that discount would become. So uh, until it reaches a one to one. So as as more and more value comes into this pot, into this liquidity pool or this stability pool, um, it it would basically uh, finally reach a one to one. So it would go from eighty cents at a, at, to a euro uh, to because the euro is the first stablecoin we're launching. Because there's so many USD ones, we thought let's let's focus on the euro. Um, so you'd sell it at eighty cents. Then, uh, as as like maybe a million comes in from that, then you you go to um, uh, seventy nine cent. Uh, you know, sorry, eighty one, eighty two, eighty three, and then eventually you get to one to one. And at that stage, then we become a stablecoin. Before that, it's still the the initial minting event, and um, and so. People have instantly like a twenty percent return on that, um, which is which is really good for them, and it's really great for us because we build this big liquidity pool. Because uh, at the end of the day, what is a stablecoin? The only thing that really pegs a stablecoin is can I get if it's a euro stablecoin, can I get one euro worth of something else with it? Uh, uh, can I get one euro worth of Ethereum or gold or you know whatever or or a euro? Can I swap it one to one? Sure. Everything else is sort of doesn't really matter. It's just a means to an end, to that end. And um, and so really that that was kind of the first initial way we're minting. It's kind of the initial phase. And then the second phase to that is, okay, um, there's 
there's ways for for people there's yield farming opportunities after that that help us because as you probably noticed in that moment we're still under collateralized because it was sold at a discount right so um so there's a second phase where people can add liquidity to the pool and and get a really nice um yield so that that, that attracts the yield farmers and that'll very quickly get us over collateralized but this is sort of a the first phase and then the and then we'll be launching what's what we're calling private smart vaults so these smart vaults, uh, what what it'll allow you to do is, I, I had the problem that I needed to move uh, into a into a new apartment, and I had to put up a uh, you know I was renting it, so I had to put up some some deposit, so I had to sell like I was like 80, 80 bitcoin or something at the time, right? <laughs> you know, just just for the deposit for a rental, like uh, very painful, and um, and. Instead, what I could do with, with the standard is actually take that Bitcoin, put it into a smart contract that I control the keys to. I'm not sending it to Celsius or to Voltura or to an exchange. I'm sending it to a smart contract, and then I lock it. Now, let's say I have, um, let's say I have 2,000 euros worth of value locked in that smart contract. Then I, I can borrow up to 100, uh, sorry, 85% of that. Um, so I can... I can, you know, let's say I borrow 50% of that. So I, I put 2,000 in and I borrow 1,000 euros that's minted. And basically that that Bitcoin or Ethereum, that wrapped Bitcoin or Ethereum sits in that smart contract. And now I've got, um, you know, if there's 2,000 locked up and there's 1,000 floating around. And so now that's, that's how more SEO comes into circulation. But it's not pegged through an interest rate. You you borrowed that from yourself, so you've now got value. And when you, how do you get that value out that you've locked up? Well, you have to just send that S euro back into the smart contract. It gets burnt and it unlocks the value that's inside. And um, and and so this this mechanism is is really beautiful because it allows people to borrow money from themselves. They don't even need to go to a bank anymore. They can borrow liquidity from themselves without selling the asset. Plus, you're not smacked with capital gains tax because you haven't sold anything. You've borrowed money, and um, and not only that, you you can unlock liquidity for people that are finding it hard to save. A lot of people find it hard to save because they have to you know buy food and rent and everything else, and they don't have enough left over to really put into savings. But imagine if you could. Put it into savings, borrow from yourself, and hey, if you get liquidated, you had to sell it anyway if you didn't have that option. So, so it's a really nice way for um, people to break that um, that poverty cycle as well, where you're sort of living not you know from paycheck to paycheck, and you don't really have enough uh, resources to to sort of save, which is a really important part. Um, and the other beautiful thing about this mechanism is inflation works for you. And, 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 you know, many people say, how do the wealthy protect themselves in inflationary cycles? Well, what they do is they borrow the hell out of it. <laughs> but very wealthy people can make really good deals with banks, right? They go in and they, they talk to the bank and they say, I want, a, I want a fixed interest rate that isn't going to get uh, revalued if we go into a hyperinflationary cycle. And the bank, oh, we don't usually do that. Well, I'm not going to borrow this if uh, I'm not going to put it. They'll go to another bank. Yeah. Another bank. So the bank wants their business. Yeah, they want your business. So they'll write that. But the normal person can't really say, you know, demand this sort of thing. Um, and so rather, uh, imagine if you could lock up 
assets um, into a smart contract and and then borrow money from yourself. And let's say you borrow, I don't know, 10,000 from yourself uh, now. And then in five years time, that 10,000 is worth like the, the, I don't know, price of a carton of milk. Then you've effectively paid off your loan with the price of a carton of milk. And, and so this is really what what's happened in the in the past is that uh, the, the wealthy would take out huge mortgages at fixed interest that couldn't get uh, revalued buy property by real value like rare rare you know property forestry gold you know whatever they could get their hands on um, and then uh, and then you know let inflation pay that off for them mm-hmm. so, yeah. interesting thanks for uh, unpacking that with with all of our listeners so let's go I, i'm following you as as you're as you're unpacking this yeah. you have uh, like the standard token right the the tst token yeah. so w- walk us through like let, let's say you know the process you know let's say you, you have your own assets yeah. we have let's say we have a gold bar for example and then break it break down how the standard token like operates and because i assume we would receive uh, the TST token in exchange for when we lock up the assets in the smart contract. Is that right? Um, no. So, uh, so what you don't really, because you have total control of that smart contract. You, there's no, you, you okay. have the private key. You can unlock it at any time. It's just okay. the private vault needs to be paid back. So okay. if you've, if you've imagine a vault, uh, like a little safe and, uh, and on the mm-hmm. side, there's, there's, uh, a, a, a bill, dispenser <laughs> you could lock okay. money inside lock the safe and the bill dispenser would give you half the value that's in there but it would only unlock okay. the safe if you put that those bills back in <laughs> to the to the dispenser okay. then it would unlock the value so um so but the what the tst does um the tst is a membership token slash governance token but it also okay. allows people to um, earn staking rewards so there's no interest in the system. So people that have a large mortgage, I've heard people say, oh, I'm going to I'm going to basically lock up Bitcoin, uh, borrow from myself, pay off my mortgage. And now my mortgage is at zero percent rather than these large things. Um, uh, so but to do that, there's a minting fee. So uh, there's a small minting fee on uh, on that when you when you generate, when you mint the, the S euro. And those, all those minting fees, and SUR is the first one. There'll be, um, uh, there'll be Great British Pound. There'll be USD. There'll be Indian Rupee, Ruble, and this all is, of them. This is what someone receives when they receive the loan off of their asset that's locked. So, so no, so they can buy TST off the free market. It's a free floating uh, governance token slash membership token. What they can do? No, I mean like the Euro um, stablecoin. Yeah. Is that exactly. what they receive yeah, when they when they get fifty percent of the value of their asset loss? That's right. That's right. They they the, okay. the first one we're launching with is SUO, but they can uh, you know the next thing what we be doing is launching SUSD, S, uh, Indian rupee, and and the rest of them, especially high high inflationary places like Turkey. Uh, the lira would be a wonderful stablecoin to release because the inflation would pay off these debts that people have um, themselves. But so so what? Um, uh, what you do then is people stake, t- they buy some TST, they stake it, and every loan that gets created around the world, imagine if you could get a cut from every single loan generated around the world. And that's pretty much what TST allows people is that they lock up assets, they can vote on the direction of the protocol, um, uh, but they can also uh, get 
rewarded for doing some of that work in all of the uh, the income that's generated. Um, they they have to do some work for it, um, but it uh, it's very minimal and it's uh, it's it's just a way of uh, allowing a decentralized mechanism of the steering of this ship because really what we want to build it, at its core is is a decentralized mechanism that is steered by these holders these tst holders they get paid for making great decisions on the direction of this um, stablecoin protocol okay and to just uh, finish completing the transaction for our listeners so let's say we lock uh, an asset you know um in in the smart contract we receive s euro yeah. Uh, for example. So can we swap the S euro? Like how can our listeners turn that and access it into like cash? Yeah. I mean, right. So uh, initially, because I, I just had a friend, he just bought an SUV with, with his, unfortunately his Bitcoin, he could have used this, you know? Um, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I bought a Tesla, with the same mechanism with, with maker. I locked it up and I borrowed it uh -huh. and I bought the cars. So I didn't have to sell it. But back in the day, I did have to because, um, you know, the thing is, I just don't, I, the, the direction a lot of places going like Celsius, people did this, but Celsius was a centralized entity that, of course, speculated with people's assets and, and did all this jiggery pokery. It was basically Wall Street meets DGEN uh, DeFi. It was a bad mix, right? So what you want to do is lock up assets into a, into a thing that, can't be touched by anybody. Can't be speculated with nothing. Yeah, it's not going to get uh -huh. value at yield. It's but it's it's going to hold its value and hopefully go up. Um, mm -hmm. But sorry, just to go back to your your question. Yeah. So how do we swap the S euro into what most people would just call cash? Yeah. Right. So they'll be how, how can they buy that car or you know pay the kids tuition? Yeah. Yep. You know. So um, Voltoro will be the first exchange to offer um, S euro to euro swaps. Okay. Um, but they're also uh, we're talking to other major exchanges as well. Um, there'll be DEXs as well, so you can exchange that S euro to then Ethereum, and then go to an exchange to oh, Coinbase great. and swap your Ethereum to cash. The, all this stuff will happen. Yeah. Um, of course, it, it just takes a little bit of time to set that up. But there's also yield farming opportunities. So uh, I like that. Yeah, in the initial in the initial phase, like people are paying still like negative interest rates here in Europe. It's starting to change now because the inflation people are like, you know, <laughs> governments are trying to trying to slow down inflation by lifting interest rates, which is actually very, very typical uh, thing to do. And it, and it basically makes it worse because people start losing their jobs and start, you know, it, it, the economy, is, yeah. it's really on a down. It slows down. It does the opposite, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, they should have done this a long time ago. They should have lifted interest rates six, seven, eight years ago. But instead, they were just hungry on crack, wanting more and more. But nevertheless, um, uh, thankfully, you created a solution for our listeners. You know, <laughs> this is a way that they can borrow from themselves, and and it's protected. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't take all the credit. I have I have a, a team of extremely smart and wonderful people around me, uh, all working mm. tirelessly. I am I'm uh, you know I'm just a, another cog in the in the in the machine. But yeah, I. I I, it, it's wonderful that this exists because imagine being able to then put that S euro to work um, in mm -hmm. real time. So in our in our initial minting um, uh, um, mechanism event, what we what we're doing. So stage one, I, I explained before, where people put the, the Ethereum or Bitcoin into this pool to build up the stability pool. 
And then now they're holding all this SUO and what do you do with it? Because it's fresh, it's no, there's not much going on. We've, we've made partnerships with, um, with a whole bunch of different uh, projects where you can use it, but, okay. but really what you want to do is earn more on that. So we've given people the option to take the SUO, take some more USDT and put that into a liquidity pool on Uniswap and sell that to us for a swap of a bond. And we buy that liquidity uh, off of them uh, for a higher yield, like a really quite a good yield. And and so they can, so that's stage two. So they, they, they've got something to do, plus it, it earns them even more. And they can choose that maturity date on that. Um, uh, so, and we're, we're sort of making it very, um, uh, very rewarding the longer the maturity date is of this bond. But um, okay. that's, that's to make sure that people don't just dump TST with, because they get paid in TST uh, for that. Mm. Um, so, okay. so yeah, th- th- I mean, it's, it's all very complex. You can go over to the standard IIA to, to, you know, read more details or join the community. Actually, that's probably better because you, you definitely really ask lots of questions there. So, so how, how, okay. Let's say I lock up my assets, right? Um, I received the e, the S euro. Okay. How, how am I protected against say being liquidated? Yeah. Cause I, I know like a lot of traders listen to our show, like they're, they're going to be thinking the same because you actually got me thinking in a lot of different options and what I might want to do personally. Yeah. So this is, this is good going down this rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah cool. <laughs> yeah. And we've seen massive liquidations in this bear market happen and mm-hmm. something like make is very intransparent. They, it's pretty centralized. It's very cliquey um, who can buy these liquidated assets and, so we wanted to really, first of all, open that up. So there's two ways. People can stake TST, and and if someone does get liquidated, they're there to buy those liquidated assets under market value, under 15%, because you borrow up to 80%, right? So you have to be over-collateralized. So that, that difference allows you to buy those liquidated assets uh, under market value. So that, that's a really strong incentive for TST stakers to stake their that there and 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 what happens when they buy that they 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 get those assets that are locked in that smart vault and they burn the SUO uh, so that make sure there's always less SUO floating around than there is locked up assets. But on the borrower's side, of course, you don't want to get liquidated, and we we want to try and do as much as possible to stop liquidation. So one, can you add more assets yeah. so you don't get liquidated? No, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you can add more assets. Um, you can uh, you can pay back the loan. Uh, uh-huh. Another thing you can do if you can't afford to pay back your loan, what we're what we're doing a lot of R and D on is to be able to sell that. You know, it's basically a collateralized debt position, right? It's it's a CDP. So to sell that smart contract as an NFT, as a non-fungible token uh, to someone else. And then they can unlock that by paying it off the loan. So you, you say like, oh man, I, I, you know, I've just lost my job and I can't pay off the debt that I took out on myself. I'm gonna, but I don't wanna get liquidated. I, I'm gonna sell it um, uh, to someone else as an NFT. Um, that's one thing you can do so you can at least get some, some money back. Um, and the second option is that there'll be a switch for automatic automatic collateral trade uh, within the smart contract. So uh, to a tokenized gold, because there's no point trading over to Bitcoin, to Ethereum or something like that, because when the market, uh, you know, really starts shitting itself, it, it doesn't matter what, what, <laughs> what crypto asset you're in. Uh, you know, even gold kind of follows it a little bit, but at least it's on a slightly separate train track. It's not it's not 
absolutely following the market and it definitely doesn't collapse as hard. So what, what you can do is you, you basically set a switch to say, um, okay, this is my threshold. Uh, when it hits this threshold, automatically trade to a tokenized gold, uh, the, under, uh, the, the assets that are locked up. And so it sort of helps you. Of course, if gold goes down, there is still that liquidation process, but that, that's, okay. that, they're the options that you have, yeah. It, let me ask you, like, so like, I have my asset locked in the smart contract. I received the S euro. Is is the loan timed? I, am I servicing the debt? Is no. it, it, can I pay it back any time? Like, uh, is it is it a specific amount of time? Like, how does that work? No, it's it's timeless. You can have it for as long as you want. There's no time and there's no interest. It just you have mm-hmm. to pay it back to get the collateral in, out, which is valued more than you borrowed. Okay, yeah. so you just when you. When when you borrow, you just pay it all back, and then you receive your asset, and you can come back and do that whenever. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is awesome. So, share with our listeners like the things to come for like the rest of this year and into 2023 with your you and your team. Yeah, I mean, we're we're just heads down working. Um, you know, bear markets are are a very terrible place for for a lot of people. But for, for people like us building, we, we were quite clever with uh, what we did uh, with the initial funds that we raised to start this project. Um, we hedged a lot in gold and, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not gamblers. We, we've, we've run Voltoro and the smell of an oily rag since 2015. We've, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're quite conservative with that. So we've just been head down building. And really that's what these bear markets are about, flushing out all the crap projects, and letting the strong projects build. And, and so that's really what we've been doing. Um, what's happening now over the next few weeks is that um, we are releasing um, kind of a, a wait list, um, which by the time this, this, um, this broadcast comes out, that'll be live. So you can go onto the standard.io and, um, and basically put in your email. And then you uh, we're giving a whole bunch of like little uh, airdrops plus rewards and stuff to because we've, you know, we've kind of been in in uh, under the radar, <laughs> just building, and so this okay. will really help us to get the word out there. So people get points uh, for the more they share, and if they get other people to sign up through their referral link, then they get more points, and they'll go up a leaderboard. And the top thousand people in that leaderboard at the end get um, get like a thousand s euro, a thousand euro worth of it, of TST, um, and the people in the top two hundred and fifty. Uh, position get uh, two thousand, and the top one hundred position uh, people in the top hundred get uh, four thousand euros worth of uh, TST, as well as like I think the top one also get a gram of uh, tokenized gold. So there's a lot of it's it's all up like one point four five million uh, euros worth of rewards and things uh, up for grabs. So nice. yeah, yeah, it, it, I think it'll be, get people really excited, and it you know it's time for us to to sort of show what we've been building so we thought you know let's let's do it <laughs> let's, let's do it. fantastic we'll definitely have all the links you know on our episode blog post page for today's episode you know of all the things you're you're talking about so Thanks. josh how can our listeners reach out with you and your team join the community you know stay in the conversation be part of what you're doing yeah i mean uh you can definitely follow me on twitter uh it's jay shigala um which is j s c i g a l a um but you can you know the, the easiest way is just to jump on the standard.io 
and uh, and follow the links there. There's um, jump into the Discord. We've got a Discord channel. We've got a Telegram. Uh, all the usual stuff. Um, we've got a great YouTube channel. Subscribe to that because that's where we put updates. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, definitely join the tele- the the, uh, the Discord because that's we're starting to. Um, we've just launched D Work, which is really fantastic. Like this is a this is for me outside of Bitcoin, the whole DAO space is probably the most exciting thing to happen to sort of anarchic philosophy um, since Bitcoin, really, because it allows uh, thousands, if not millions of people to all collaborate together, have a stake in the project that's being built, but also uh, sort of have a nice egalitarian way of building and working. And and D-Work allows for that people voting on on different structures, but also maybe you, you, you write articles, uh, we pay people for articles or memes or uh all sorts of stuff. So, um, and, and people can say, Hey, I, I want to do this. I'm really good at that. Um, and they put a proposal up and, and people talk about it and say, yeah, that's cool. So, um, so there's lots of stuff happening. So definitely head over to the discord. Okay. Awesome. And, uh, Josh, is there anything else you want to share with, with our listeners around the world? You know, I, I just want people to remember, it's not, you know, what we're building here really, not just with the standard, but with cryptocurrency itself, we we have the ability right now to basically head towards an absolute dystopia with these CBDCs. Um, they're already talking about basically having a CBDC where it run, uh, it, it's got a time, like if you don't spend it by a certain time, then it loses its value. Um, or Hey, there's a lockdown. You can only spend your 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 CBDC here, but not in the next province across or town across. Start so like you know, it's total bondage. And what you really want to make sure is that right now, we as the the people of the world, the the the, the plebs, have the ability right now to build something from the ground up. And just like Buckminster Fuller said, there's no point arguing and demoing against the the power structures there's no point fighting the the power structures you just build something better and leave the old to be obsolete and that's how we win well said well said josh it was a pleasure to have you on the show today and uh, you're welcome back anytime and uh you know thanks for coming out from berlin germany you know (laughs) it was a pleasure so thank you thank you very much michael fantastic really enjoyed it Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, if you like today's podcast, definitely like and subscribe to the podcast and show your support and chime in here tomorrow for another special episode. Until then, make it a great day. Thanks for tuning in to New to Crypto Podcast. If you like the episode, be sure to follow and subscribe. You can listen to every episode on all major platforms. Have an interest in being on the show or want advertising? Reach out at newtocrypto.io. Head over to our site, newtocrypto.io, to access the resources mentioned in each episode. Until next time, remember to navigate the crypto landscape with pinpoint accuracy.